0: Good morning. Uh, I've entitled this piece, it's called Peace and Lineage. Peace and Lineage. It starts with, a, it starts with something I read this morning, and it extends to a very, a very common uh, and widely known piece that's Christian in essence or, or originates or is attributed to Jesus himself preaching. And and so I just want to try to weave these two things in together, and uh, and introduce what I think is is a very important kind of window into a pathway or or access to what we constantly try to achieve. Um, So so I'm reading this long piece about uh, from this fellow. Who's going on and on about peace? Uh, he's talking to the United Nations. He's talking about the history of the effort to end war, uh, the various successes of the UN, the various constant uh, uh, failures of the UN, which was founded to end a, a world without war. And uh, of course, there's been nothing but war since its founding. It's, the UN's not to blame. I mean, they came on the scene. There's never been a time or period. Without uh, without war, violence, and murder, even if you start at the beginning of time, right? Uh, most uh, most scriptures will identify an ur murder in the ur family. Uh, so war is not uh, the fault of the UN. So so I'm reading this piece about the UN. The guy's talking about war and the struggle to end war, and narrows it all down to the one the one constant and most immediately experienced uh, theater of struggle, and that is the my own mind and my own body, or the human mind and human body. And by these two terms, what uh, is meant here, or what is mind, the word mind is, uh, signifies the world of intention, the pure innermost uh, intent, to do something that comes from mind, it comes from invisibility, it comes from originating impulse, that's mind. Uh, So as to kind of cut away all the libraries full of arguments about mind and brain and origin. There's just, we we all experience, inarguably, we all experience uh, ur-impulses of intent, and then there is the translation to the manifestation of our intentions. I intend to reach, I intend to drink a sip of water. Uh, that intent is a pure originating point. Uh, it has its own quality, its own nature, and then it translates and, and manifests through uh, all the all the uh, interrelationships of the physical body. Uh, there's the neural system, there's the musculature, there's the uh the eyes the coordination between uh physical movement and what one sees space this uh uh what is it Sp- uh, depth perception and so on and eventually you can simply drink a glass of water but so so the terms mind and body are simply meant to be nothing other than intention and the implement manifestation or implementation or evidence or bringing to pass that intent. So, uh, while this while this uh, fellow is talking about war and peace, most people think of they think of war. They think of Israel and Palestine. Uh, Palestine. They think of the Cold War. They. Uh, uh, President Trump is talking about a war against the invisible enemy, the coronavirus, which has locked down 200 countries, brought the whole world to a stop. It's uh, most people think of war. In large terms, but in this reading, the the essential nature of war. It doesn't matter where you want to find it. If you want to find it, you know, between uh, uh, between the Hatfields and the McCoys. If you want to find it between uh, Great Britain and the colonies. If you want to find it between Israel and Palestine. It doesn't matter where you find it. It's always it's always the same thing. It's just. Uh, Opposing intentionalities that come to clash in violent ways. And uh, the one that's most immediate that, that moves away from grabbing a book off a shelf or becoming intellectually in sophisticated capacity to talk about this war or that or these movement of troops or this, this, uh, this dam that stopped water going here or there. If you want to bring it all the way down to a direct, personal, immediate experience we do experience a struggle between mind and body. Of course, Between, of course, with the intention to get a glass of water, that may be fairly manageable in most cases for most people. But how about that today I'm going to do this diet or today I'm going to be to work on time or today I'm going to be civil to this uh, jerk that works beside me in my office. There's all kinds of intentionality that we never we never have the capacity to translate or, and implement or manifest. And the physical body is the, manife- is the place that manifests any of these intentions, whether it's today I'm going to write a chapter or today I'm going to be civil to the jerk that works next to me. These, these require the physical body as the arena for the manifestation of intention. And nobody, n- not a single soul, can uh, deny that we experience incessantly a struggle or a war or a conflict between mind and body. So this individual who's talking about war in big terms comes all the way down to this inquiry into the constant struggle that every single person can encounter and from that can begin to extrapolate uh, war at any level conflict at any level non-harmony at any level he reads like this human beings are meant to live with our mind and body united we all know that because we all expect that we all desire that it never it never stops we could break our diet a thousand days in a row and we still we still are upset with that reality and still intend to Fix that problem. We're not. A, we're and and if we solve it the opposite way, say screw this and just eat and eat and eat and eat. There's no happiness and there's only despair in solving matters uh, with by surrender. There's no unity in that. What makes the passion to achieve oneness between intention and manifestation or mind and body gives evidence that. We were, that we were intended to, we're meant to live with our mind and body united. That's when we feel fulfilled, that's when we feel at peace, that's when we feel happy. So it reads, we're meant to live with our minds and body united. Then it goes on, and here's the religious part. Within God, there is no disharmony between internal and external characteristics. Now, by that, we could say mind-body. Internal, meaning intention, and external characteristic, meaning Manifestation. So God's intention and manifestation are harmonized into perfect oneness. There's, there's not even a sequential temporal flow between mind and body. There's such a harmony that they're one and the same thing. God's intention and God's manifestation are one and the same thing. They're absolutely one. So he says, we are meant to live with our mind and body united. That's fascinating. To, if we could pursue the instantaneous manifestation of our intentions that's actually what we intend to pursue and that's why we like uh, to watch sports because it's an evidence of near instantaneous manifestation of intention that's what an incredible uh, one-handed catch in the end zone looks like to us intention and manifestation in perfect harmony and so so we're meant to live in body mind body unity Within God, there is no disharmony between mind-body or internal and external characteristics or intention and manifestation. And then the next sentence reads, this is so because the absolute God has no contradiction or conflict within himself or herself. So uh, for for the many or any who in the audience who have no interest in quote-unquote God or no theism in them or whatever your uh, metaphysics are or cosmology is, the notion that there is an ideal in which, in which intention and manifestation are, are, you, are ubiquitously the nature of things, it, that's accessible to people, even those who don't choose to have a particular uh, theology or co- even cosmology. We see a tree, we see a dog, we see a horse. We see this non-contradictory harmony between intentionality and physicality or implementation. Okay, the reading goes on to say, it is because human beings resemble God that the mind and body of each individual can truly unite without struggling against each other. So if if we do directly, as we do directly experience perfect harmony between intention and manifestation. And for religious people, for spiritual people, for believers, for people who live in the reality of uh, cosmology with a beneficent uh, design or purpose or hope or intention, for those who translate that into uh, a a god of religion, um, it says because, because we resemble God or we're created beings or we're the result of Of a a divine intention, therefore, each individual can truly unite. Without uh, mind and body can unite without struggling against each other. It's it's that resemblance. It's that resemblance that makes out that first of all that drives our constant desire for mind body unity. It's that we're derivative. We're created. We are we are the fruits of that purpose. So we strive for it, but not only it's the nature of our constant striving, but it's possible because of that resemblance. It's possible because of that resemblance. The reading goes on to say, the human being, the human ideal to achieve mind-body oneness can only be realized when people completely possess the true love of God. Okay, that's purely theological, but somehow or another, whatever one's spiritual and cosmological. And theological posture, for example, there are, there are non-theistic, there's many, many non-theistic spiritual and religious traditions that will not personify God. So that's not necessary in order for this, even this highly theological statement to be true. The human ideal can, can, to achieve oneness of mind and body can be realized only when people completely possess the true love of God's true love. For for non-theistic traditions, just just de- de-personify God, and um, and then and then what what the spirituality necessary to result in our capacity to have mind-body unity is simply to attain oneness by whatever means oneness with the original and absolute, where that is man- that's seen everywhere as the perfect harmony. Of intention and manifestation. Okay, so the final sentence. So let me let me let me go through that uh, uh, right out through the final sentence. The human ideal to achieve oneness of mind and body can only be realized by people who completely possess God's true love. The biblical verse, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God," illustrates this point. Peacemakers are those whose mind and body are in unity. This is what caught my interest. This is what caught my interest, because uh, this reference, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God," illustrates this point. Peacemakers are persons whose mind and body are in unity. The the this "blessed are the peacemakers" uh, phrase, this biblical phrase, comes out of what are called the Beatitudes. Uh, it's in Matthew five. There's eight of them all together. I'm going to pause here because this got a little long, but it's but it is how these how these ideas tie to these very well known st- eight statements of Jesus that are called the Beatitudes that I want to examine, or which I set out to examine, but got a little bit distracted on divine-human relations mind-body struggle, and the resolution of mind-body struggle in harmony with the divine. So I'm going to take up this next related matter in the next podcast. But for now, please, go, let's go back to concentrate on war. If you want to know about war, you can put the books down for a moment. You can get out of the Peloponnesian section or the Spanish-American War section of the library. And you can just sit for a second and look at ourselves and see, and we can directly experience war. It's every single time. Intention and manifestation are violated. They're put in conflict and not realized. There's a conquest in violation of our original intentionality. This is not meant to, point number two, this is not meant to be. Point number three, we are capable, of putting an end to and resolving that matter. And point number four, the path or the the walk that will lead to our capacity to not bear or carry this struggle is related to our origins in the divine or in the all or in the completed one or in the perfect, in the realm of perfection or in Christian and, and, and Muslim and Jewish terms in God, in the love of God, because within the absolute there is no contradiction and we are within the absolute. Therefore, there should be and there can be no contradiction. I'm going to tie that to the final point, which before I started talking and it got long, which was the main point, which was tying this in the most fascinating way from to that resemblance to God to one of the eight Beatitudes uttered by Jesus or recorded uh, as attributed to Jesus in Matthew 5, which I'll take up in the next podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. I'll talk to you again soon.